0: Good morning, everybody, and welcome to the Tea with Kreml. It's a morning for me, so it's morning for
1: everybody.
0: <laughs> you know, it's so uncommon for me to record in the morning, so I'm just really, really riding this energy. It's really fun. <laughs> but today we are talking about a hot topic issue that's coming up really salient recently, and that is the government's decision to forgive Around $10,000 of student loan debt. We posted it one time on the social media, and wow, what reactions we got. I was kind of a a little actually very surprised. So, (laughs) you know, had to unpack it a little bit. I'm very curious. But before we dive in deep to a very intense, potentially part one of who knows how many parts episode, we got to do our tea check. So, Emma, what you drinking for today's? very intense episode
1: well it's my bedtime very soon so after this episode it's probably going to put me to bed hopefully i'll just get so fired up it'll tire me out so i am drinking a puka nighttime i think i've drank this one the last time that we were doing i was doing a night episode um yeah it's pretty solid it's very licoricey that's the only thing that i'm not a huge fan of but i still like it what are you drinking today
0: I'm very excited about today's tea. So early on in my tea journey, I was reading about very popular teas. And one thing that I read was about Dragonwell green tea. It's apparently one of the more famous green teas from China. And I was like, how do I get my hands on some of these teas? (laughs) It looks... I just want to try it. I just want to try it. And so Sips by really came through and they sent me an organic superior Westlake Dragonwell green tea. By the Sipping Streams Tea Company. Mm-hmm. And honestly, it's been pretty good.
1: It, it, it matches the hype?
0: I would say so. Because you know how a lot of green teas, you kind of have to add a little honey to zhuzh it up a bit?
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: I'm drinking this tea straight, no problem.
1: Wow, look at you.
0: So I really like it. I really want to try... And I know if it's coming in a Sip Spy box, it, it's not necessarily like the most expensive type of that tea. But... I think this opened really well. I'm really excited, and I definitely want to try even more fancy Dragonwell green tea. Ew.
1: This is just a gateway to all the green teas that are about to happen.
0: Literally. <laughs> so if anyone out there literally wants to buy me a cup of tea, literally. I'm just saying.
1: We will give you that information at the end with our Venmo. But if you're only going to listen up to this part at the Tea with Crema on Venmo... <laughs> <laughs>
0: For that, for that cup of tea, you know? Well, this one's a big, big episode. So I'm gonna just let, let you, let you lead it, let you turn it over. Let's go on this journey of money. Let's
1: do this. So as you all know, Chris and I are both master's holders. Um, which means, which came with a certain amount of debt. We also went through our undergrad programs, both a very, you know, like nationwide renowned universities, especially Chris at UT Austin and myself at UC Riverside, which is on the come up, y'all. It wasn't at the time, but now it is. (laughs) (laughs) When this announcement came out from President Biden that he was planning on forgiving $10,000 worth of loans for other students, but I don't know if you read that other part. It's $20,000 for Pell Grant borrowers, which I was a Pell Grant borrower. Were you?
0: Yes, absolutely.
1: Yes. So- If you're not familiar, Pell Grants are for students who are from lower socioeconomic statuses. I believe the families need to make less than X amount of money. I'm not sure what that X amount of money is. All I know is that we could not, I could not afford to go to school without a Pell Grant. So... I definitely had the maximum Pell Grant. Did you too? Yeah. So as we were having this conversation and we were seeing all of this happening, I was super stoked. I was like, great, $20,000. That's still, I still owe more than that. So why not? Um, I'll accept it. But something that I started to see on the social medias, specifically Twitter and sometimes Instagram, and also, you know, those odd Facebook people. <laughs> was that people were very divided on this issue. And while it feels like to me that it should be like a very open and closed like decision, like, okay, now you get this money, there comes into argument this other side of the coin where people are saying, well, I paid back my student loans, so why should I not be forgiven for that? Why don't I get a refund? Um, Which is basically what we are going to be discussing today. Kind of our journey through higher education, our student loans journeys, which we've kind of touched on before, but also just like majorly talking about this argument that's happening because Chris has fully paid off his student loans. I am still in the process of paying off my student loans. So very important conversation happening today.
0: If anyone's checking out, you know, the episode and it's like, I have really strong opinions that I'd like to get out because I think. And and I most likely have very similar opinions on it, mm-hmm. despite having slightly different journeys with our student loans. So if there's anyone who's listening who's like, actually, no, I don't agree with this whole, I have very differing opinions from the two of you. Please let us know. We'd love to have you. I think it's important that we don't always have a echo chamber. Yes. And so I think it'd be very nice. I promise I won't bully you. I just want to ask questions.
1: Yeah. I personally have seen both sides. I've seen people who are celebrating this entire journey happening and I've seen people who are very, very strongly against it, who do still have loans. So like, I've seen people who are, who have loans who are against it. I've seen people who've paid off their loans who are against it. I have posted things and people have DM'd me talking about their their loan history. I don't argue with people in DMs. That's not what I do. But I will argue with you or have a very educational discourse with you on our podcast if you're interested. So first off, please state, where did you go for your undergraduate degree?
0: I went to the University of Texas at Austin between the years of 2013 and 2016. Hook up.
1: Thank you. I was <laughs> waiting for you to say hookup. Um, okay, cool. What did you major in?
0: <laughs> government.
1: Say it with your chest.
0: <laughs> I majored in government. <laughs> it's called political science everywhere else.
1: <laughs> and coming out of your undergraduate degree, how many or how much in student loans did you owe, if you're comfortable with saying?
0: Zero dollars.
1: Beautiful. We love to see it.
0: I took out student loans, just to be clear, uh-huh. but I, the whole time I was in college, I kept them in a bank account because I knew I was poor, not dumb, <laughs> but I tried really hard not to use them. And then I graduated in like December. As soon as I graduated, I just paid them back all at once. So everything that I I didn't spend really anything out of it. And I knew that there was going to be interest that started to generate after I graduated. And so literally within a month after graduating, everything that I had, I just paid it back right then.
1: Wow. Okay, now your turn. You ask me.
0: (laughs) Okay, Emma, where did you go to undergrad?
1: The University of California at Riverside. Go Highlanders.
0: Oh my god, I was about to girl like a bear. I just assumed that y'all were bears. Um, okay,
1: first of all, but our bear is wearing Scottish wear.
0: Oh, so y'all are bears.
1: No, we're Highlanders. Our mascot is Scotty the Bear. Well, he's Scotty the Highlander, but Scotty is a bear who wears a kilt. What? And like a, and like a, what is that hat? You know what I'm talking about. Why is he a bear? I don't know, but even like when the processional for the bands and stuff come out, there's like bagpipes that play. And a bear. And a bear. Scotty be killing it. I don't know if, uh, yeah, I'm not sure, but yes, we're Highlanders.
0: But in any case, what was your experience with student loans in undergrad? Did you have any? Oh,
1: I had many. I was a first gen student. My major was bioengineering, just to be clear. So I was very prepared to enter the workforce and pay off all of my student loans. I went in on a full ride tuition scholarship. So I did not pay for any tuition. All of my student loans came from housing specifically. So the school itself is not very expensive to go to, but each year I racked up 9,000, almost $10,000 in, um, in housing debt because (laughs) I was not smart like you and I did not research. I did do actually, but where Riverside was situated, it was not really in a safe neighborhood. We were getting like daily emails about like, attempted kidnappings and, like, harassment of, like, students that were walking home and stuff like that. So my dad was really uncomfortable with me living off campus, although I did want to move off campus because it was going to be significantly cheaper. But all in all, I made the choices that I made. I lived in a very nice luxury on-campus apartment, very close to school. So, And yet I was still late to all of my classes, besides the point. But yeah, that's basically where all of my debt came from, was from housing.
0: With your your scholarship from your school, Mm -hmm. that was for tuition?
1: Yeah, it was solely for tuition. And you got a Pell Grant? And I got a Pell Grant.
0: And you did not have enough?
1: And that was still not enough to pay for my housing. So my first year housing was in the on-campus dorms, which is significantly more expensive than the apartments, right? Because you have to live on campus, you all the meals, all these things. And the two girls that I wanted to live with, I wanted to live in the most expensive one, which I was okay with because I also did like that one. It was a little newer, just like the showers looked better. It was all around just like a better living situation for us. And we were freshmen at the time. And I still remember my freshman year. Everyone was getting back refund checks. Like all of these other students, they're like, oh, I just got like $6,000, $7,000 in refund checks. And I was like, what the heck? So I checked my refund check, (laughs) $3.50. But me, I also didn't realize that when you get a refund check, a lot of times it's coming from exhausting your student loans, right? You exhaust it all the way. And those are just essentially loans. So a lot of students would like use that to pay for their books, use that to pay for whatever and whatnot. So then my last three years at Riverside, I exhausted my loans because I needed to take summer school. And um, on top of that, I also worked three on-campus jobs. And I still ended up having to owe at the end. So I was not as savvy with money as you were. I think that what you did was like, should be a pro tip to all students, right? Take that money that you're going to get as your refund and put put it away, you know? You don't need to go out. You don't need to do all those things. But if you want to, it's there. But it doesn't mean that it has to be used, right? It's just an option. It's like emergency fund money, I feel like.
0: Yeah, because I did not use it to go out and do crazy things with my friends. In fact, that was often a point of contention of, why don't you just use the money? You have it. We're trying to go to blah, blah, blah place. I'm just like, it's not in the plan for my long-term financial success. Sorry about it.
1: Like, how did you know to do that, though? Was that, like, something you had researched? Was that just something that you knew? Like,
0: Out of high school, I was in a program called College Forward, and they told us about the different types of loans. I knew the difference between a subsidized and unsubsidized loans, and I knew to avoid private loans at all costs, and I was determined to not have to use the parent plus loans. Mm -hmm. And so... The University of Texas paid for my tuition. And then because I was in the top 10%, Texas gave me an annual stipend or grant of some sort. I had to maintain a certain GPA to keep it. And then I got the full amount on the federal Pell Grant. So between all of those things and then getting subsidized loans, I was able to cover Literally, like, the expenses of college. Mm. So, I got enough back to buy, like, books. And that was it. My grandma was very generous. She got me a laptop to get through school. And so, we did it that way. And I just... I did not know. I didn't learn this until I graduated. I learned that subsidized loans are accumulating interest in college. Mm but the government is paying for them. Mm. So I also did not realize that that was boosting my credit score <laughs> the whole time. I was like, y'all making free payments on my loans. What? Oh my and so, yeah, I didn't learn that until I like had paid them all off and was applying for other car or a credit card mm-hmm. after I'd graduated. Cause I didn't get a license until I was 21. I didn't need it. Austin has pretty good public transit. Mm-hmm. And so when I was finally getting that, the dude was like, Wait, how'd you pay off all of your, your student loans? Are you, were you selling drugs? And I was like...
1: First of all, was that a...
0: No, I was just very diligent, sir. Thank you very much. It's all paid for. Did I get the credit card or not? Please leave me alone. He actually showed me the report and it was like, Oh, I've been making payments on my student loans the whole time I was in college. I was like, I ain't made no payments. What are you talking about? And I learned that that's how it goes. It's not that they suspend your interest. You just, they're paying it. You don't have to.
1: Mm, interesting. So yeah, so you know, there's a difference between subsidized and unsubsidized loans as well. There's also the Parent PLUS loans. I did not qualify for the Parent PLUS loans. I think I actually did qualify for the Parent PLUS loans, but then my parents already had or my mom already had loans from my sister. So I was trying my hardest not to get those if I could help it, which then contributed to me having to exhaust my loans as far as they would go because I needed to pay for books um, and certain things. And I remember like my refund checks still were not... Anything exorbitant. Like I think I was maybe getting two or three thousand back and that was paying solely for books and it was such a hassle. And then I would take whatever was remaining and stretch it for the rest of the time because like my paycheck was going towards gas.
0: But it's also probably because you were living on campus and so. The university, they took their share mm-hmm. right off the top. All the time. So their housing and their tuition, they got that first. Yeah. And you got the leftovers. That was the same for me my freshman year, but when I moved off campus, like my refund increased.
1: But you had to divvy it out.
0: But I had to be very diligent and prepared. Yeah. So I had to calculate my rent until I was going to get the next one and make sure I had that. First of all, that amount had to be-
1: mm-hmm. <laughs> Or you're not going to have a house. <laughs>
0: That was like minimum. I had to have that away. And then I did try to budget for food. And then whatever was left over, if it wasn't on books, I did my best and lived a life in college. Yes. I would not necessarily say like my best life, but I did live a life in college. So
1: It was what it needed to be. Okay. So after our undergrads, all right. So now I'm coming out of UC Riverside with my X amount of debt. It's over $40,000, you all Just want to point that out. Um, so I come out of college with that much money. And then I'm unemployed for a year. So this whole, like, okay, I'm going to pay off this 40K, like, real easy. It's going to be so easy to get it out. Like, we're going to be done. You know, all these things. Like, I was, like, on a two-year, three-year plan about to get it all paid off. Plot twist. Could not find a job (laughs) at all. And, again, like, shoulda, coulda, woulda. Had I stayed in California, would I have been able to find a job? But then also, would I have been able to make rent? (laughs) So I always try to think about that because I do have a lot of friends who I graduated with who were fortunate enough to pay off most of their student loans because they were able to live with their parents and save on rent, right? So most of their payments, most of their salary was going towards these student loans. Um, And then as soon as I started working when I was teaching, my repayment plans, you know, changed again. And I think I was paying $500 a month to go towards my loan. And after paying for a year, I saw that most of it was going towards my interest, which that's where all of this money is like, I feel like with this student loan repayment, it's really interest. Like, it. <laughs> I don't understand how I took out 40K and I came out and I owe now 52. Like, where does that make that make sense? Where is all this interest coming from? And I was having this conversation with my friend, Nahan, who just graduated from optometry school. And she's like, it's the interest that kills everyone, you know, it's that's what's like adding up and it adds up real quick, right? So fast forward past that, you know, I joined the teaching program that Chris and I met in and we both decided to get our master's, which at this point now I'm receiving an AmeriCorps stipend, which I used to pay for my master's program, as well as pay for some of my loans after I had my leftover. But Chris didn't qualify for AmeriCorps anymore by that point because he had used it through his other program that he was in. But you paid off your student loans from your master's already, right? Let's talk about that.
0: hmm Because I also had to pay for my first year out of pocket. Whereas y'all's first year that's in right. Teach for America was paid through the...
1: Through our stipend.
0: Through your stipend. Yes. And so I had to come out of pocket with it. And so I think that's when I ended up using it for a part of it. Or maybe I used it. I also went to summer school at the community college in Austin. I might have used it at that point. Because that I had to pay out of pocket. I don't... Oh
1: my gosh. I don't remember. I was paying out of pocket for a lot of things.
0: <laughs> I used... To, I had an AmeriCorps award. I have used it in some capacity. I was really annoyed because graduate students don't qualify for really any... Anything. At all. Except for loans. And so I think in the end, graduating from Wesleyan was $10,000. Mm-hmm.
1: Because
0: we really only paid for the second year. Yeah. Well, I mean, technically I paid for both years. <laughs> but that's also... I think that's also why I jumped on that opportunity because I was like, after I learned about the loan thing, I was like, oh, this is – you will never find a cheaper master's degree. No, anywhere. Like, Tori, you're only paying one of the years of tuition, really. Yes. And we were still getting a discount for being Teach for America. Yes. So, that was one of those like, oh, I'm going to get this degree. I can afford $10,000. Mm-hmm. And so, we graduated in 2019 with our degrees And I finished paying for it when I got teacher of the year of the district and I got that fun little stipend and I was able to finish and be student loan debt free a second time. And i had been pretty aggressive in my repayment plan anyway. I don't like being in debt with things. And so I was trying to pay them off real quick, like really aggressive payment plan there and again because that interest was even on that loan in my short amount of time I was paying a lot of interest and not as much principal and I was right. like uh-uh, you're not gonna get me tra- right. like caught up and trapped over ten thousand dollars no and so as soon as I was able to pay all that amount I was I was done because even my plan without the stipend I would have been done in the next
1: you were about to be done
0: so yes I was very aggressive on my repayment plan because I had the ability and option to
1: So, this brings us into COVID. COVID comes around. So, by this point, you know, I'm paying $500 on my loan. You're being aggressive on your loan as well, on top of everything. And so, COVID comes around, and we get that debt relief. Were you paying during that time?
0: First of all, it wasn't debt relief. Oh,
1: I mean, not debt relief, but interest relief. I should call it that. Interest relief.
0: (laughs) It was interest relief and a suspension of mandatory payments, if I'm not mistaken. Yes. But no, I don't think I stopped paying for it. Because there was no... I I remember. So I kept paying because A, I had the ability to, I was still employed. And once I learned that there was no additional interest being added, Mm -hmm. I went in and I was like, Oh no, like we're going straight for principal at this point. Like get that interest done and we're going straight for principal and we're going to ride this program until it's done. Mm -hmm. And then it was done. And yeah, so I definitely used, took advantage of the COVID suspension program and did not stop paying. I would full on just. Tackled it.
1: I think I paid all throughout 2020 and then I stopped because I had also, I didn't budget. I didn't know my budget. And this is when I learned that I didn't know how to budget correctly because I got a new car. And then with the insurance and everything like that, I, I should have just kept my old car. That's, the, that's the end of the, ge- end of the game was that I should, I could not have afforded it. And I should not have ever gone into buying a car the way that I did. But I knew I had to pay my car. Nope. Because that was going to be taken away if I didn't. And so I used that relief and I did not pay after 2020. So, you know, now that I'm working internationally, I do make a, nah, probably comparable, but because there's a lot more stipends and things involved, I can't afford to like pay my student loan and I don't have a car note anymore. You know, I don't have any of those other types of things. And so now it's coming back up, right? And now it's been getting pushed off, pushed off, pushed off. And I think now they're going to restart loan payments January, 2023. Now it's the time to like really figure out Isaac's about to come here, really figure out my budget. How much can I put towards it? I'm not sure what repayment looks like if I'm not making USD. That's also another thing that was part of this new plan was that It's the repayment plan cannot exceed over 5% of your income. First of all,
0: don't tell me what I can and can't pay.
1: No, like you can but people were being predatory. Like loan loan companies were being predatory and making it like 20%. So it's like, you can go over that, but... They
0: can't ask for more than that.
1: Yeah, but you can ask, you know, you can say, well, I can, I think I can, you know, take away 10% of my discretionary funds. Like, that's fine. But they can no longer go over the 5%. Now, again, if y'all want to fact check me on that, I did see, I did read that somewhere. Are
0: you marrying into more student loan debt too?
1: Yes. So Isaac was also on a, he was on a pretty hefty like scholarship. He was on both an athletic and a academic scholarship. But once he lost his eligibility to play football, he lost his athletic scholarship, which meant then he had to go and get student loans. I think he was qualifying for Pell Grants as well. But thankfully, he he acquired less than, I believe, 20000 So yes, he is he's more like marrying into my debt than I am marrying his debt. Hopefully with this debt relief forgiveness, he'll get all of his forgiven. Then, you know, I just have to focus on mine. But that is an important conversation to have with your partners. You know, we really did have to sit down and I was like, are you sure? Like, you're okay with this? Like, I know how much debt I have acquired and I take full responsibility for it. Like, I don't expect him at all to like contribute towards it because he did not acquire it you know obviously my husband is a very nice man and he's like well if I can help I'm gonna help but I know that that's not you know a reality for some people and that's okay we're all in our own spiritual journeys (laughs)
0: can you sign a reverse prenup (laughs) I don't want your assets but I don't want your debt either
1: facts right like if we divorce like you're not gonna put me on nothing right (laughs) (laughs)
0: <laughs> this is this is all yours, you know? I just have a feeling your net worth is going to stay pretty negative, so I just want to protect myself.
1: <laughs> From your negativity, I don't need that energy. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, my poor husband did marry into my debt. And I think that this is something that's so taboo, is that people don't like talking about their debt, but I think it's so important to be transparent. I went to school, got the degree I was supposed to get, or thought I was supposed to get, thinking I was going to come out and pay off my loans right off the bat. And then life decided that wasn't my path, and I became a teacher instead. And I will say I was making pretty good money in Texas. Like, I was making okay money, but again, it's just on me being uneducated and not knowing how to budget money. And I think that that's where a lot of this lies, is that we're not taught these different loans, right? I think you were fortunate enough to receive this program where you were able to see like the different types of loans. I only knew which types of loans not to get because of my sister. But that was, again, through trial and error. She had to go through that experience to know like I shouldn't have gotten this loan. So that was something that happened. But yeah, let's get into the nitty gritty of this student loan forgiveness. I guess that's what we're going to call it. Student loan forgiveness. How do you feel about it, first of all? As someone who's paid off all of your loans.
0: I don't understand what it has to do with me. It is what it is. I paid off my loans. It's done. I don't need... I mean, cool. If they want to run me a refund on it, great. And at the end of the day, I consider the fact that I have not been paying all of these student loan debts as a... Almost like a little head start on some of my life goals, right? So, because I'm not paying X amount of money on student loans and don't anticipate paying them for the rest of however many years it would take a person to repay them, I am able to do things like save up pretty aggressively for a new house if I want to. Mm -hmm. Or I can afford a larger car payment because I don't have to budget a certain amount to go to student loans Mm -hmm. and have been able to for a while. You know, when we think about a person's economic purchasing power, having a certain amount go to student loans, a significant amount go to student loans does what for the economy overall? Exactly. Like, again, that student loan company is not out here building bridges or schools or anything like that. Like, they're just lining the pockets of their executives. And so, honestly, forgive it. I don't care. It is what it is. We push people to go to college, but don't always... Educate and equip them with the skills to do so. Kids don't go to budgeting class in high school.
1: That should be a required class.
0: I took general economics, which, okay, I understand. And I took BCIS, which was me learning how to type in a Word document. (laughs) But like, where are the actual, how to figure out health insurance? What does retirement mean? How do I pay my taxes and not owe money every year? Just like literal basic life skills that we just send kiddos off into the world like oh you passed your star test you're ready for the world
1: Mm.
0: where (laughs) where where as pythagorean theorem in an average person's life gonna show up why do i need to know anything about the limit of a slope in a complicated equation in calculus
1: i was like wow we were just like putting in interdisciplinary words that did not go together (laughs)
0: <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm, but it sounded mm-hmm. good it sounded exactly good. so yeah i just repay it i don't care it is what it is like cool i'm still saving up it doesn't it does not impact me that's the wild part it doesn't impact me
1: mm, yes and i think that like i agree 100 percent, you know and a sentence who still owes you know who still has student loan debt I understand that my argument, you know, towards forgiveness may seem like, oh, it's very like self-serving. Well, yes, it is very self-serving because these are moves that are happening that are still disproportionately affecting black and brown communities. So the Education Data Initiative is a it's a team of researchers who have important discussions in education. And so they do all of this research to find um, different stats and numbers and things like that. So they're also source themselves. But on their findings for student loan debt by race, they found that Black and African college graduates owe an average of $25,000 more in student loan debt than white college graduates. Now, forgiving $20,000 is going to put them that much farther to having economic wealth, right? And having these this like buying power that Chris is talking about, But you also have to think about that $20,000 is then going to put even, like, why not? Aren't we talking about inflation and we're talking about the economy? Like, why not stimulate the economy with people who we know will then have buying power to then...
0: Participate in it.
1: Maybe I don't fully understand economics. I did really well in it in high school, but that was the last time I took it. But... Economically, this makes sense. It also says that black and African American student borrowers are the most likely to struggle financially due to student loan debt with 29% making monthly payments of $350 or more, which again, we just talked about interest. How much of that $350 is going towards interest and how much is that going towards principal?
0: I've read whole articles where people have paid the amount that they took out in loans and then they still owe the same amount. Mm. So essentially having someone who's paying a hundred percent more than what they owe because of interest, it doesn't make any sense. I just I don't understand. I still think I mean interest in and of itself is kind of scammy. Actually it's very scammy. Also, isn't there something in the Bible about it's not supposed to be happening anyway? But
1: <laughs> since y'all want to quote the Bible so much about everything else, gay marriage,
0: why don't we just abortion. abolish interest? <laughs> Someone find me the scripture because I feel very confident that it does in fact exist in the Bible that man is not supposed to profit off of the debt of another man. Mm-hmm. And I don't think it says it exactly that mm-hmm. way, but like, preach. I feel very confident that it exists. It's fine. Someone please actually, like, this is usually I'm like, Tee-hee-hee. no, someone find it. I know it <laughs> exists though. but I just to literally spend your time. I've read so many articles where people are like, Oh, I, sp- Took out ninety thousand dollars. Paid ninety thousand dollars. Still owe ninety thousand mm-hmm. dollars.
1: Make it make sense. I, last time I checked, the math is not mathing. <laughs> ninety thousand minus ninety thousand equals zero. So how do I owe ninety thousand more? Also, with the fact that student loan payments are on a ten year basis, right? Sometimes a twenty year basis. And after so many different payments, you know, you can sometimes get it forgiven, but a lot of times not. So a lot of people are on these like repayment plans. That are essentially just causing them to end up paying more than they actually took out. That they tell us to go to they tell us to go to school and we do the things and we go to school and we try to break these generational cycles and yet we come out with all of this debt, which continues to now keep us in this like cycle of debt. We have many strong feelings. My strongest feeling is that if it does not affect you, and I'm sorry if you paid back your loans, but The fact that you were in a position to pay back your loans, I need you to reflect on that. That's where I need you to be. Is that if you had the ability to pay back your loans, like, great. But that does not mean that we should be trying to hinder others who are trying to get that same financial freedom that you have.
0: So much financial freedom, so many decisions that you can make, so many ways that you can participate in the economy. Mm. But I don't, it doesn't make any sense to me. Yes. The whole thing, it's scammy. It's very, very scammy.
1: This brings us into our next point. Representative Jim Banks from Indiana tweeted this out recently. Right after everything got approved, he said, Student loan forgiveness undermines one of our military's greatest recruitment tools at a time of dangerously low enlistments. A man with his whole chest... Said this, y'all. And people went in on him. They went in. They're like, oh, so you admit you prey on poor people to enlist into your military to die for the country because essentially they are poor. And you'd rather have, rather not have an educated society. You'd rather have a very well-staffed military.
0: But that makes sense, though, if you look at our breakdown of spending in the country mm-hmm. and the vast majority of it is on the very 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 large our military complex it's huge it's ridiculous it's a lot i mean it makes sense in the way that we run our country it does not necessarily make sense in the sense that it makes sense
1: (laughs) yes exactly so people were going in they were talking about school to military complex um, basically where schools are breeding grounds for the military's personnel because obviously right what age We enlist 18-year-olds to go and fight for our country and enter the military. And some of them come out and we say, like, we'll pay for you to go to college if you use it. If you don't, cool. That's our money to keep. But at the same time, right? So the White House then also had these tweets. A bunch of different representatives were saying – not representatives. I should say specifically GOP representatives were saying – That this is a bad idea, we shouldn't do it, what is this going to do to our debt, blah, 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 blah. And of course, what did the White House do? They clapped back with the amount that each of these representatives got cancelled. Not forgiven, cancelled due to these PPPs, which we looked up and that means it was a
0: Paycheck Protection Program and it was rolled out during COVID for- It was designed- to keep small businesses afloat during a time when people weren't really allowed to go out. So think, you know, in your head, local restaurant, people can't go to a restaurant when there's a pandemic and you have to stay at home. So how does that business keep those people? How do we keep a whole society from collapsing if no one's actually allowed to leave their work? So I think that was my understanding of the design of the program. However, there have been, Some uh, early studies that have said it was definitely certainly abused by people to just kind of keep their business afloat when they were probably going to go under anyway, no matter (laughs) what. Same people out here that complain about things like food stamps and welfare. And I think that's what got me. It's those people that are always complaining about all of the like handouts from the welfare state taking these loans like I don't. And then getting them forgiven. (laughs) Which is basically a handout. That's what I didn't understand. A
1: whole handout. There were representatives that were out here that were receiving millions. Now, the government last time I checked is only giving me 20K. If they want to give me millions, sir, you can do that all day, every day. Congressman Majorie Taylor Greene, who we already know, she's like so problematic. She says a bunch of different things. She had her whole spiel. She was saying, I don't support this. The government forgiving your loan. If that's completely unfair, all of these different things. The White House decided to clap back and said, hmm, MTG, you had $183,000 forgiven in these PPP loans. Secondly, we had Mike Kelly from Pennsylvania saying, asking plumbers and carpenters to pay off the loans of Wall Street advisors and lawyers isn't just unfair, it's also bad policy. Mr. Mike Kelly, you had $987,000? Forgiven. I am confused. I don't understand. Y'all need to stop having these opinions. <laughs> but at the end of the day, what I think we're really getting at is that y'all are forgiving all of these loans, and y'all are still only giving borrowers $20,000. <laughs>
0: It doesn't, it does not make sense. Therein
1: lies the problem. Please interrogate these systems, y'all. I think that's what we're really asking at the end of this conversation is for you to interrogate the system. Because yes, this is such a win for borrowers, for black and brown borrowers, for all borrowers, honestly. But if we can forgive this this much money for individual people, why can't we just cancel it all? Cancel the debt.
0: You know, I don't know enough about debt to be like, I don't know how possible or plausible it is. But I'm just saying that, like, we do give a lot of handouts to a lot of different places. Tax looking breaks. At corporations that pay Nothing. zero dollars in taxes Netflix. because of tax breaks. Like, I'm of the mindset, the economic mindset that if we go and do taxes, everyone pays their little percent. All the companies pay their little percent. And then we're done. I don't know why we got all these differentiated little things and people can get all these little tax breaks, like pay your bills (laughs) and be done with it. Because that's why y'all have all these problems. Oh, why do they get $10,000 worth of handouts? Not looking at like corporations that are getting billions of dollars worth of handouts. But that's why I'm just like, no, forgive it. I don't care. It doesn't. It is what it is. I don't care. You can give corporations all these little tax breaks. You can give people some payments, some student loan payment breaks, which aren't even, that's not even all people. Only certain people go to college. Mm -hmm. I would like to see a study done on the amount lost to corporate tax breaks versus the cost of forgiving percentages of loans, even percentage. I would say just corporate tax breaks versus let's say we forgive all of it.
1: (laughs) Boop. That's it. That's the one. Um, Education data initiative. Please do that one next.
0: (laughs) I'm just saying. And then, you know, just consider the tax breaks that these corporations have been getting. Because it's more than just like this year that they've gotten it. Mm -hmm. It's more than just since COVID. So I'm just saying, Mm -hmm. like, calculate it across. I'll give you five years. (laughs) It's like the past five years of tax breaks. But hmm, that's neither here nor there, is it?
1: I guess not. This offer is up to anyone. If you would like to come on this show and you have a differing opinion than the both of us, even if you have the same opinion, let's come come on here. But mostly if you have a different opinion, we'd love to hear it because at the Tea with Karma, we try not to be an echo chamber, but you know, it's inevitable. We're best friends for a reason.
0: <laughs> and I acknowledge there might be, there could be facts that I'm missing, a perspective that I don't understand, that I don't have.
1: Flaws in our argument, if you are an LSATR. You are someone in law school, some flaws. So, come
0: on. Mm, that could be it. So, please do. I would love to learn more because at the end of the day, I just, I don't understand why anyone would be like, no debt repayment. I just, I don't get it. But I did find the thing that I think I was talking about
1: Let's hear it. in the Bible. Ah, good for you. Do you have a Bible in front of you? Wow. I have a Bible. Oh, I looked it up. Okay. I, use,
0: I mean, I used the internet to help guide my search, obviously, but I knew it existed.
1: To end this episode, we'd like to leave you with a Bible verse because y'all love to throw the Bible at us for everything else. Wait, where does it come from? Deuteronomy. Oh, that one is out.
0: 23. a
1: tough book. I don't know if y'all read Deuteronomy. That's where everything dies and all the rules are made. Yes,
0: Okay, so Deuteronomy 23, 19, I think is how you cite Bible verses. That
1: is. Please read the verse.
0: It is. Do not charge your brother interest on silver, food, or anything that can earn interest. You may charge a foreigner interest, but you must not charge your brother Israelite interest so that the Lord your God may bless you in everything you do in the land you are entering to possess. Now, I could have missed... Like, I'm not in any way, shape, or form a biblical expert, but...
1: Thank you for that, uh, Bible verse, Chris. And that's what we hope to leave with you. But, as in every single Tea with Crema episode, we always end with a rapid fire question! Bom, 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 bom! This question comes to you from my friend Sam, my best friend since fourth grade. And of course she would send in this question like this. I'm so confused. I'm not, actually, if you know who she is. Would you rather eat chocolate that tastes like poop or poop that tastes like chocolate?
0: <laughs> I'd rather eat chocolate that tastes like poop.
1: Because it's not poop.
0: <laughs> Sam got kids or something? She
1: ain't got no kids. Sam is very single. If you are out there and you're looking for a woman with the sense of humor of a fourth grader, please hit me up. She's an accountant, you <laughs> Because y'all.
0: she got it. <laughs> Truly I was like Do one of our kids Come home from school And was like This is the question no,
1: this came from Sam's brain
0: What are you eating um, Chocolate poop Or poop, poop chocolate, poop
1: chocolate? <laughs> Both <laughs> sound pretty terrible But I think I'm on the same Wavelength as you Chocolate Chocolate poop Because I think poop chocolate Is also not good for you Like I feel like you'd get Some kind of disease Eating poop Cause it's like
0: <laughs> Exactly I'm, Cause it's that
1: It's bacteria And things like that Anyway moving on <laughs> What is your question
0: so mine, again, came from Reddit. And honestly, the man that posted this question got royally clowned. Oh, no. Because, <laughs> honestly, it was dumb. And then he tried to defend it. No, it was no, great. Oh,
1: even worse.
0: You know, when the lottery was up really high,
1: mm-hmm.
0: the question was, would you have rather won that amount in the lottery mm-hmm. or gained 100,000 LinkedIn followers?
1: Uh, was that a real question? <laughs> and
0: this man, yes. And he said, anyone who chose the lottery was dumb. And that you should have chose the LinkedIn followers.
1: What? Are these LinkedIn followers all going to give me X amount of money? I'm confused. What?
0: Well, that was his theory, was having the network would have given you all these extra opportunities and stuff. Okay,
1: not enough for 1.29 billion. The heck?
0: Like, bro, what? There's no amount of followers. Unless I had 1.29 billion followers who were all willing to give me $1.
1: But not even that. It's LinkedIn. It's not even like a pop in social media. You know, like some of these social medias, you got a hundred thousand followers on, tw- on like Twitter or Instagram. You're still not anything, right? You're like basic at that point. Like you have a huge following. Great. But that doesn't pay the bills. Now the people who make the money, who pay the bills, that's the one million, you know, the millions of followers. You're a micro influencer mm-hmm. if you only have a hundred thousand. <laughs>
0: This one, you just signed up for Twitter, like.
1: Like, what were you doing? You had one viral tweet. Like, I'm so confused why that. that man thought that that was a comparable question. He really thought he came up with something.
0: He really did. And then was like, really trying to defend it. No. <laughs> they, it was dead, it was oh. bad. I just brought it up because we were talking about money the whole episode, so I was like,
1: hmm. Good question.
0: Really flip that, flip that around. But in any case, where can people find the podcast you can
1: find our podcast on instagram and twitter at the tea with crema you can also find us anywhere that you stream your podcast as well as youtube if you'd like to buy us a cup of tea because you want to support chris's green tea habit specifically that really special green tea please venmo us at the tea with crema we hope to see you next time bye <coughs>